Welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is June 2nd. And as always, I am joined by my co-host Dante. How are we doing today? Good, sir? Doing well, doing well. How are you? Doing good. I think I am uh, forced, though, to reckon with a point you brought up <laughs> last week, a point you've brought up most of the time I've met you, and that is I'm going to have to let go of uh, Marcus Smart because... <laughs> Man, oh, man, do my Celtics need to make some changes because it <sighs> painfully apparent that once Tatum is, is out, it's uh, it's pretty slim pickings behind him. <laughs> I, you know, I don't like to be right in these um, scenarios. What am I saying? I love to be right in these scenarios. <laughs> Marcus Smart doesn't make smart decisions in clutch time, but really he is not the guy to pull you out of a deficit. Yeah, because what we learned, and you've been saying it, needing a true point guard in the system is, one, Jalen Brown somehow in all of his years in the NBA so far has yet to develop any form of a handle. Um, <laughs> and two, there is nobody to really cycle through the offense if Tatum is immobilized because I'm not going to make excuses. We're going to talk about the Heat. The Heat did what they had to do. They came mm -hmm. to play. Caleb Martin, an absolute stud. Like We'll talk about them, but it was – and I'm not even saying the outcome may have been necessarily different had Tatum not gotten hurt on literally the first play. I know. It was apparent right off the rip that Tatum was not right. He tried to play through it, did the best he could, but we needed other guys to step up. And outside of Derek White, literally nobody did step up. And it became more and more apparent that not having a true and true point guard definitely hurt us in that situation. Yeah, Jalen Brown is responsible for eight of the turnovers, so that's majority of the turnovers what that the Celtics had. Higher team. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the other thing. They said it in the game they stole in Miami, right? That they lived and died by the three, and boy, was that apparent in this game. Yeah, this is... Um, <laughs> Joe Mazzula, I've been pretty upfront about how I don't think he should be the head coach mostly because we are in our championship windows with these two young players and we have to make decisions and he seems sort of out of his depth. Now, I think just as much as we faulted him for going down 0-3, he deserves some credit for doing something to get these guys to play cohesive mm -hmm. for three games straight up until game seven. But you look mm -hmm. at things that like their inability to pick apart that zone that Miami was running. You look at their inability to adjust – once Tatum was out and they were shooting atrociously to get some form of a difference in their game and style, it doesn't seem like at any real point the players responded to them, similar to what they did with Ima last year. And right. I do think that while Joe may eventually pan out, it seems like they won in spite of him in this series than they won because of him. And there does seem, when you look at this team last year and this year, it's the exact same team with the only, like, major addition um, in, uh, oh, my goodness, what's his name? Brogdon. Yes. Um, which is a plus. The only real difference seemed to be effort way sloppier this time around last year, a real carelessness, and a simple reliance on talent, and that's about it. And well, and Caleb Martin having the best game of his Dude, life. How is he not MVP of that series? I know <laughs> I know the NBA is a popularity contest when it comes to awards, but the fact that Jimmy got that when Caleb Martin was arguably the best player on the court there for for more than one game and 
arguably the largest reason Miami's advancing here is criminal. He just he 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 took over, like you said, like you were waiting. And I know Heat fans don't want to hear this. Jimmy Butler has not been consistent. He's been explosive, but not consistent. Similar to Tatum here, like he's yeah. been he's been very consistent, which you'd like to see. Um, I think the biggest point swing of any player in the finals. Yeah, which is crazy. Crazy. Uh, crazy for a guy who we continue to give roses for being this just like cutthroat playoff kind of player. Um, was not his best series. I mean, no. they're a bad game no. away from, you know, that being, you know, that. Like, he did drop 28 this last game, though. So yeah, This is true. This is very true. We talked about it a little bit last week, but does your opinion change at all given what you saw Jalen Brown turn in as a product as to whether or not you keep Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown together? Uh, I don't know. Like you said, the man, I don't. I don't know why he can't dribble in <laughs> high pressure situations. And then Marcus Smart isn't helping you either. Uh, but then Jalen Brown is such, uh, at, on other times, he's such a phenomenal player. Like, I don't, he's he's definitely the definition of like uh, Jekyll and Hyde, right? Yeah. But it depends on what situation um, you find him in. Uh, he also makes poor shot selections. Yes. <laughs> to say the least. And it so, becomes painful in a situation like that where your number one guy is hurt. You he need, has to step up. You need him to step up. He wants a max deal. He wants $290 million. And he can't even step up and not turn over the ball eight times. Like, he's 26 years old and he hasn't developed a left-hand dribble yet. I, I don't understand what we're doing here. Um, I've come to the conclusion on two points. I don't necessarily want to break them up because they are still so young relatively right. they're both before the age of 27 there's still time here but there's another part of me that says we have a really unique window of opportunity right now the west or the east is sort of teetering it's miami it's milwaukee it's the celtics for the most part maybe the knicks mm -hmm. will see what they do here there's a real window of opportunity that tatum is about to enter he's about to enter that period you know from 27 to about 32 when a player's in his prime where we need to maximize that window. So it makes sense to me if we can move Jalen to get a guy like Dame, who's a true point guard, who we know can be a kind of a killer in that situation. It makes sense to me if Brown, if we don't want to sign him to two, $290 million, but we want to sign him to a high-end contract, and he wants to be the number one guy somewhere because he's never going to be the number one guy in Boston. Okay, we move him then. Those are the only That's two stupid. situations I think we can move him. Outside of that, I think we have to sort of stomach it and pay him. But man, mm -hmm. does that game seven not give you a lot of like good feelings about that moving forward? If Jalen, if one of the complaints that Jalen Brown has is that he's not number one on the Celtics, I think he needs to relish in being a good number two. I think if you go somewhere by yourself, Jalen, you don't have the skills to hold up a team on your own. You're not Giannis. You're not um, Jokic. You're not. And even those people have. Um, a supporting cast, right? There are a lot of middle-of-the-road to bad teams uh, on both sides of the conference. The other thing that I'm thinking, too, is if I'm the Celtics and I'm trading um, Brown away, I'm not trading him to an East team. I'm trading him across uh, the league. Yeah, 
That's true. And I it only really makes sense to me like if a guy like Dame's available or somebody mm-hmm. that's a true blue point guard or another kind of killer that we can get. Yeah, Dame is older. He's costly. But like you know what he's getting and we're getting a real yeah. point guard and Tatum can play more off the ball, which would be mm-hmm. nice to see. I would love That would be that him is him what is hindering. <laughs> that is what's hindering Tatum. The Tatum not being able to play off the ball. And I don't I, again, I think the X factor here is is smart. If we yep. get smart out of here, maybe we can get Tatum to play off the ball. But also getting smart out of here and replacing him with maybe like a rookie or something may put Tatum more on the ball. I don't really know. I'm glad I'm not in the Boston Celtics yeah, uh, that's a front tough office. Tough front office right now. There's a lot yeah. of big time decisions you got to make, and I do not envy them whatsoever. Um, no. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. I like Brown. I don't. I'm not in love with the idea of breaking them up, but I do see scenarios where it could make sense to break them up. Um, but with all that said, let's move on to the main attraction. Let's move to, oh, now we're in the park. <laughs> Don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened here either, but folks watching on YouTube are about to get a get an interesting little background. That- Oh, good podcasting moment. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> Let's talk about the two teams. I don't even know how to change this, but we're just going to rock with it, I guess. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the two teams that are on the championship. Miami versus Denver. Opening yes. line is eight and a half in the finals. Over mm-hmm. under at 219. You have two teams that a lot of rating snobs do not like in the finals and we're not going to sit here and pretend like a Lakers Celtics wouldn't have been more interesting or, you know, either one of those teams getting through, but these two teams played the best basketball. Denver has, I think sort of under, which is weird to say, given they were the one seed, but it feels like in the scope of the NBA landscape, they're not talked about a ton um, compared to other teams has kind of flown under. They've had a ton of rest. And then you have the heat who have just gone to absolute seven game, just physical exertion to the max against the Celtics going into the high altitude. One, how do you see tonight's game going? But two, how do you see this series playing out and who are you kind of favoring right off the bat? Well, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Let's back up a little bit. Aren't the Heat an eight seed? They are an eight seed. Okay, so one of these teams played the best all year. The other team... (laughs) Uh, took advantage of the the playing game, right? Uh, yes, you'd be correct on that front. Okay, okay, okay. That's just that. Um, I think Denver does a gentleman sweep here. I think Jokic. I don't. Okay, so hear me out. The Miami's bench is head and shoulders over the Nuggets bench. I'd agree with that. But Denver's front f- four. I'll take any day over Miami's four. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I'm still struggling to figure out how old man Djokovic is going to get stopped by Bam. Yeah. I mean, Joker shows up like he's the 40-year-old in open gym, not really moving around, but just gets buckets, distributes the ball, rebounds, does everything. I don't know how Bam stops him. I met, I might bet Djokovic player prop points every game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't see how they stop him. Um, I guess that's kind of crazy to say, given what we just saw in the Celtics series. But, like, this is a team that was pushed to Game 7. They got to go into the high altitude. 
I could see them dropping two real quick, and that puts them in a yep. weird hold. Now, if anything, the Heat culture, which is part of the reason they beat the Celtics, I think, is because the Miami Heat are one of the hardest-working organizations in basketball. The way they develop players, the way they scout, the way there is cohesion through the front office, to the head coach, to the players. Like, it's just an incredibly well-run machine. So I do think they could get a game, but I'm sort of with you. I don't know if there's a real shot here because you're also banking on guys like Caleb Martin, who had just the greatest series of their lives, to repeat to repeat that against a team that is now well-rested. Maybe you get them because they're a little bit too well-rested if you buy into that theory. Um, and they I buy into the other theory that you're too, your legs are tired. After playing, yeah, and now you got to go up yeah. to the altitude. <laughs> like that's gonna yeah. be really, really tough. You got right on a flight from Boston to Denver, and now you're going for a team for the the Nuggets who've just been sitting back and recovering. Right. I, yeah, I my. Here's, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't know what you do with Jokic, right? The the Lakers who have Anthony Davis who arguably should be a nice foil for Jokic. We saw how Anthony Davis performed in that series. I think that he underachieved a lot. But on paper, right, that should have been a great matchup. Couldn't stop him. And I don't care what anybody say, says about the Lakers um, going to the finals. They weren't supposed to be there. So something had to happen, right? That was talent somewhere, right? Um, and... I don't know. Are you just going to do a bunch of switches? It Like, if they get a... I guess Denver doesn't switch that much. But if you get a bunch of switches and now you got Butler on Jokic, I, is he just going to throw the ball into the rim? <laughs> <laughs> Possible. Yeah. I just... Like, he is the old man that shows up and plays pickup and just dominates Um, in his style. Like, I, mean, yeah. I don't... And, and, like, let's not forget, like, Aaron Gordon is going to try... To put on a show, right? Yeah. In this, because he is he is proving something. Uh, I don't know if it's to himself. I don't know if it's to his team, but he is proving well, something. A mixture of both, given he used to be what many thought was going to be a building block for a franchise, and now he's a role guy. Right, and he and he has embraced that, and you know we've seen flashes from Caldwell Pope too. So, I yeah, it's hard for me to bet against the Nuggets here. It's not the Miami. It's not just the uh, Jokic Murray show. It is. It's a full right. effort. Um, yeah, I just and I, I, I do question. We mentioned it, the legs of Miami, um, mm-hmm. because this is a team that has had to go all the way from a playing game through multiple series and a series that pushed them to the brink of elimination with the Celtics, and it's like. Yeah, they did rest a couple games. The last game seven, you know, they were able to kind of turn it in early and not push it to the max. There was, what, game five or six? God, my brain is dead. Where the Celtics just blew them out of the water. Um, The Celtics had two blowouts, right? They got blown out, and this is such bad podcasting. My brain is I know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Miami won that series. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Miami won that series. Uh, Pat Riley, one of the greatest basketball brains the world's ever seen, continues to collect hardware on this one. Um, how did you feel about Jimmy Butler, too, doing the whole cheesy, don't pass me that trophy, I'll take the next one? 
<laughs> I'm so tired of Jimmy Butler and his antics. I I mean, if the audience doesn't know right now, like I hate a that type of showboater like that. He just the, he's definitely if like we were in school together as a kid, I would not talk to at all. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it also rubbed me wrong that he was doing that when it was like clearly his teammate Caleb Martin should have won the MVP of that series. Mm-hmm. That series. Like, I I don't know. I don't think you could say Butler was the most valuable player in that that series. Um, whatever. Neither here nor there. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's a gentleman sweep. I don't really know how else to break this down because I I just I don't see a lot of avenues for Miami to get more than one. Here, here's what I will say. So you put Gordon on Butler and you leave it. Don't don't do anything else. And this is something that college team that I tell college teams all the time. Let somebody score on their team. And if it's Butler, so be it. Make him be make him make him be Superman and beat you. Stick to your game plan. Because the moment you get sucked into the Miami system. You're gonna get beat like the Celtics did. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the Denver's plays, and this leads into sort of their boring play style. They play a yes. very disciplined style of basketball. You don't Absolutely. often find them out of position, both offensively or defensively. I think they're gonna do a much better job picking apart that sort of adaptive zone Miami runs, just because of the players. Well, you can just do. stick Jokic right there, too, right? <laughs> yeah, you can roll pick and roll yeah. all day long with Jokic. And he's going to – oh, dude. The things Jokic And then Murray is, is coming off of it. The only reason I'm saying that, the, 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 the defense thing, is that you know Butler tries to find the wounded deer, tries oh, to find yeah. the – yeah, he hunts for that person and then tries to make that switch or goes directly for him. And so, like, Gordon has to recognize that, right? Yep, him and Murray, yeah. I think both, because I think there's gonna be a lot of times where Murray ends up getting on them too, and it's right. It'll be it'll be interesting. I think the first two game, I think tonight's game is probably a foregone conclusion. I, if Denver somehow miss drops this one, I guess maybe all bets are off. But I have a hard time thinking Miami's gonna get gonna get rebooted up for this game. But I think we're See, gonna learn a lot about this series in the first two games as far as what Miami's ability to adapt and compete is after the series. But to your credit or to your point, I think Denver tried to let the Lakers win that last game. No, ser- I'm dead serious because it was such a low scoring game until Denver was like, wait a second, we're up. Yeah. Could you imagine had the Celtics gotten swept too? the just layoff period between this? The NBA has got to fix that. Like there's got to yeah. be some type of flex scheduling <laughs> shit here. Like this stuff. I mean, thank God the Celtics brought it to game seven. We would have been sitting forever waiting for this championship. People would have forgot about it, especially because it was Denver and Miami. People would have oh, just been like, oh, 100%. yeah. yeah. <laughs> People um, would have forgot about it. Uh, last thing, basketball, we could talk about. Uh, Pistons hired Monty Williams. Great hire, I think. I am. When I tell you, I am relieved. As a Detroit sports fan, you have no idea how many boneheaded moves these teams make. And this is the first one where I'm like, thank God. Good hire. Opposite (laughs) of the hire that the Sixers just made, because Embiid's knee is going to explode when he has to play his thousandth minute, you know, two days into the season, because what's his face? Uh, Nick Nurse is running them up and down the floor. (laughs) Yeah, there's no, there's no load management in that that scheme whatsoever. I think Embiid's time in in Philly might be that coming to a close. Shocking. 
I'm telling you, I'd like. Maybe we need to start the process over. Is it time, Philly? Is it time to just, you know, start the process over again? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Philadelphia is like, like, okay, you had AI, and then he's gone. Then you have. Losers. <laughs> yeah. Then you have like so you 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 shame Andre Iguodala and then you were like oh wait maybe Andre Iguodala is good and then he leaves <laughs> mm-hmm. and now Simmons you over Butler. Yep, <laughs> Which, <laughs> I was just about to say that. Twenty twenty hindsight, one of the worst moves. I, I sort of get it because Ben Simmons was still so young and you're like all right he's gonna probably develop but holy hell was that bad? Markel Fultz. No. They messed. They messed him up. Okay, oh, thousand percent of that. Thank they you. messed him up. Nothing that made is me happier not... than when he started to click a little bit down in uh, Orlando. I was like, good for him because they did a number on that kid. They <laughs> psychologically and physically, they just my goodness. If somebody should, they should have to pay his salary wherever he goes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of you know, it's very similar to all those shot and not. Feet, but similar to the Pistons and Grand Hill, like God. you ran that man into the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Monty's a good hire for the Pistons. Um, yes. I, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. He was definitely one of my favorite coaching candidates on the market. Um, I don't know what the Sun. I mean, the Suns just as a. Actually, screw that. We're gonna put this to the city of Phoenix. They don't deserve sports teams at this point. What the Cardinals are doing in the NFL and what the Suns are doing in the NBA. And the fact that they're going to lose their NHL team, it seems like, because they can't put them into an actual stadium. I don't know if Phoenix deserves sports teams at this point. Just have golf and I mean, no resorts. <laughs> yeah, the stadium thing, I understand if y'all if you don't want to put that tax burden on the city. I understand that. Stand up to these teams. With that said, wasn't there a stat that was like the two teams that are in the Super Bowl have more wins in that stadium than the Cardinals did? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Talk about a terribly run organization, and they are just rattled with that Kyler Murray contract, which is blunder after blunder. Got to get that man off of Call of Duty. Oh, God. Honestly, I think they might just be so bad this year, they might just move on from him and draft somebody new. Um, That's my my little conspiracy tin hat. They're going to be so bad this season, um, almost on purpose, to get rid of him. But we shall see. Um, speaking of uh, teams not want or cities not wanting to saddle their taxpayers, Minnesota Vikings paid off their stadium. Good for them. I saw that. <laughs> talk about the, talk about an NFL team doing the right thing for once. <laughs> I saw that on the exact. Though you see, like if you're paying attention to politics in that state, that's the way things were trending anyway. Yeah, still a feel good story though. For the but NFL. yeah, it's still for, a feel good story. For uh, the NFL, who is uh, not the greatest on the public relations side, <laughs> a, decent, yes. a decent win for them. Now, on the exact opposite side, you got Cleveland and Nashville. Dude. Oh, God. <laughs> Talk about season. That Nashville stadium is just absurd. Oh, I've never been to the Nashville stadium, so I can't speak to it. Cleveland. I mean, it's been a while since I've been to Cleveland stadium, but their stadium felt fine. I don't know what. I don't know what it is. Oh. Isn't it from? Is it from the? Is it from the nineties? Uh, maybe I know Paul Brown here in Cincinnati is up soon, and so there's discussions as to what's going to happen there. Um, Just all the Ohio teams, huh? Yeah, it's a thing. Um, sports is in a weird spot right now when it comes to these things. I mean, hell, just look at college football. We talked about it last week, but 
this week we got even more news around Colorado potentially getting picked off and the Big 12 out here just running circles around their ACC and Pac-12 counterparts. Somebody should play and should bring back us talking about the Big 12 being just dead in the water after losing <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma and how much we just were like, dang, nobody wants to be there. Like, And boy, were we wrong. Boy, were we wrong in their <laughs> ability to not be incompetent like their other two conferences. Like, literally, that's they're just the least incompetent in the room. They're like, all right, let's start adding teams because that's the only way we can survive. And they've just strategically identified teams that, like, sure, it doesn't replace it. Texas and Oklahoma one off, but you start adding five or six of them. All right, now we're in business and we can start talking about these things. And, like. There's rumors UConn is now being talked and persuaded away, which would suck for my Big East. I don't don't love that. UConn is like a mercenary in the dude oh, in the God. college sports world. They just go wherever. Yeah, I've enjoyed having them in the Big East for now. If they leave, the Big East is going to finally have to do what they've been trying to avoid to do forever, and that's break into the Pacific West and go grab a Gonzaga or somebody. Um, I'm surprised they haven't are like a St. Mary's or something. Yeah, the big the the big East to their credit is very focused on being a basketball conference, mm-hmm. and they very much like the round robin style because we play every team twice um, throughout the season. It's a very close knit group, and that's sort of the way that they've identified they're going to survive in this football atmosphere. But that's yeah. not being threatened even. I more. mean, they won a championship, so this is very true. Um, but the Big 12, I mean, they're already arguably the best basketball conference. You had a UConn in there, whew, and now you've got a football conference that is trying to pick off and, I guess, kill the Pac-12 and potentially the ACC, which I don't know what those two conferences are doing. Those two conferences just have given up on life. <laughs> the, the Pac-12, again, first of all, um, Doc. Uh, Nate and Dante's consulting company for the Pac-12 <laughs> is still we're still available. So if you ever want to hire us, so well, <laughs> we oh man, I could fix this instantly. Yep, <laughs> instantly. Secondly, my goodness, like, are you literally looking at the fo- la- college football landscape and saying? We're going to do the exact opposite of that. We're going to do the exact opposite of what everyone else is doing. We're going to get the smallest TV contract. We're not going to give any incentives to our big names. We're not wooing other schools to come. No, we're staying. You know what? It's it's almost like the Big Ten not switching to more offensive football the way that, but at least the Big Ten is great at negotiating. This is true. (laughs) This is very true. I don't disagree with this take. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I, somebody held it. It's on fire. The Pac-12 is on fire. Yeah. Who, what's the commissioner? Uh, commissioner's name? Uh, oh, my God. I'm blanking on his name. But um, Gary. What's his name? Call me. Call me Gary. His name George. George. Call me George. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's an absolute disaster. The landscape is changing. I mean, we're seeing that with TV deals. We're seeing, you know, talks about ESPN potentially dissolving their TV partnerships and moving more to, like, you know, purchasing packages. We've seen Max Kellerman show now get hit. The sports entertainment landscape is ever-changing. Shannon Sharp is now leaving Mm -hmm. Fox Sports. You got Pat McAfee onboarding on ESPN. 
It's going to get real bumpy here for a little while, I think, uh, as we reshift the landscape with all things. But I, I do, I think we're eventually heading towards the super conferences and take your bet. Pac-12, it's like that scene in the the Dark Knight where the Joker breaks the pool stick and is like, we're having open tryouts. That's essentially what's going to happen between the ACC and the Pac-12 on who survives, if either one of them survives, because the SEC is surviving, the Big Ten surviving. The Big 12 is doing everything they can to ensure their survivorship, and I think they're going to pull it through. So I'm assuming one will have four conferences. Yeah, I like four. Yep. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be around much longer, but we shall see. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Pac-12 is being sued for canceling bowl games. So, yeah. Master the team. Um, all right. Anything else before we wrap this one up? <laughs> no. Uh, you know, let's watch the game tonight. We'll see. We'll be back next week to see what on, our predict. Oh, on the, the Nuggets to win this series. We're going to put it that way. <laughs> yeah, Nuggets to win this series. Um, Jokic to drop 59. <laughs> Jokic to basically beat his player point props every single time. <laughs> Whatever it's set at, I'm just going to blindly bet it, I think is my strategy moving forward. Yeah. And that's all. All righty. Well, that'll do it for us. And as always, peace. <laughs>